I am discovering me. Discovering me. My identity was hidden, taken from me, long before my ancestors began hanging from trees. The serpent, he was the real thief, deceiving my sister Eve. He made me forget I was royalty. My father is a king. I am the daughter of the everlasting, loving, omniscient three. He came to give me life. This world wants to take it away. He never intended for it to be this way. Free will, a blessing, and a curse. Say my name. My life matters. God said it first. Discovering me. Redefining my identity. Made fearfully and wonderfully, flaws and all, my destiny was altered when I heard his call. I can't see where I'm going, but I know what I'm leaving behind. My faith is blind, lamps at my feet as I shoulder his load. I feel light, I see life as I walk the Samaritan road. Hello everyone, this is Nori, your host of the Discovering Me podcast, and today I am excited to share with you guys Sarah Aim. So I'll go ahead and let Sarah introduce herself. Hi Nori, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Sarah Aim. I'm uh, living in Florida and I'm happy to be here with you. Awesome. And sorry I mispronounced your name. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. So Sarah M. Um, so Sarah, you said that you wanted to share your story about, you know, surviving four years of mass genocide in Cambodia and just your experience with that. Do you mind sharing that? Sure. I will start with, uh, my, my childhood. I, I grew up in a beautiful village, um, in the countryside. My parents are farmers and I was a firstborn. And I feel so loved and secure growing up. Was surrounded by nature. There's a lot of uh, tropical fruit and vegetation, and a lot of uh, animals. So I love my life when I was young. And then uh, my parents always encouraged me to get higher education. So with that in mind, after I graduated from high school, I had an opportunity to attend college. And it, the college is far away from home. It's about 350 miles away. Wow. So I had, I had to leave my family and uh, went to college. And while I was attending college, my country turned uh, got into a really bad time hmm. when the communist Khmer took over the country. When they came in, they basically destroyed our life, wow. destroyed, destroyed our country. So um, they began to evacuate everybody from all the city. So I want to go home very badly, but they shut down everything. Wow. So um, I have no way to go home. Right. And no way to contact my family because everything was shut down. It's a big, uh, like a, a massive pandemic. There's wow. nothing open. So I was 
was pushed to leave the city, to leave wherever I used to live. So I left with nothing. And and then finally I end up in a, a big work camp. This work camp is a place where they they punish us like a wow. prisoner of war. It's the place where we we have to go to work every day, seven days a week, 15, 16 hours a day, and receive very little food to eat. And um, I end up getting very sick. I contracted several disease. Wow. And I, I almost died. Wow. What was that like? Just that experience, that sounds painful, scary. Yeah, during that uh, that time, a lot of the people are also getting sick. So many of us are getting sick. And also, a lot of people were taken away quietly and disappear. Wow. Because, because they, this new regime, they want to, to eliminate people that used to work for the previous government or people that used to have like like business right they don't like capitalists they don't like any merchant or any kind of business and also they don't like people with higher education hmm. yeah they they don't want anybody that have some kind of knowledge and build right. up something to fight against them. So that's that's basically uh, what they are thinking. Wow. And how did you get out of that situation? Well, how long were you in that situation? I was in captivity for four years. Wow. Four. Yeah. It's a very hard life. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. How did you escape the, what happened? Yeah, my first escape, um, when I got very sick, they put me in a, in a place, it's an infirmary, a mm-hmm. place where people, uh, where sick people are uh, staying and, and a lot of people die. And I tried to get out from that place because I know if I stay in that place, I will get more disease. Right. So I, I would not be able to survive. And all I was thinking about was that um, I try to survive. I don't want to die. Right. I want. I want to live so that I can go home, find my family, and help out. So that's my goal. Mm-hmm. So I get, I walk away from that um, infirmary. Well, I sneak out. If, if they saw me, they would probably pull me back in. But. Um, I was able to uh, get out from there, and I I met a kind team leader who who feels sympathy for me, and she was able to find me a job uh, working in the kitchen, and instead of uh, send me to work in the harsh rice field. Wow. The rice the rice field is like. 15, 16 hours under the intense heat in the sun all day long. Wow. So I, I would not be able to do that because I was too sick. 
Right. So, yeah, so she was able to uh, send me to the kitchen, and that was like one of my life saving uh, experience. Um, so, while I worked in the kitchen, I gained a little bit more energy because I got more access to food, and I worked less hours, and I was able to have extra time to sleep. So that uh, that was uh, amazing for me. Yeah, and I find yeah that that's opportunity that keep me keep me living. It's, right, help me to survive. And how long were you doing that? Were you working in the kitchen? I was working there for about several months. And then when I feel much better and I look better, they, the big boss saw me and they pulled me out from there. Oh, wow. And yeah, they throw me back to work in the right field again. Wow. And so how long were you working for these people? Um, um, I worked a total staying with this group for almost four years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And and then toward the end of four years, they start to move the camp. Um, the, the camp is not like a structure. Right. It's like we stay in the shelter, in the shade. In a sh- in a like a, a hut, and then the guard, the people have a gun. They they carry gun and they they uh, they circle around just to watch over us to make sure we don't run away, right? And we don't anything bad. So that's that is the camp that I'm describing. But you, you cannot run away because you will get shot. Right. Spot. Yeah. So um, at the end of four years, they start to move the camp uh, away from the uh, the main road. So they push us every two weeks. We have to pack up and move, pack up and move. Wow! And 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 I realized that the move, the direction of the move, is getting closer to the jungle. So mm. pretty soon we got into the jungle and. And I realized that I'm not, I don't want to keep moving with them anymore. Right. So then that's the time when I, I pray and I make plans to this, to escape. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I talked with a few of my good friends, my close friends, and I asked them to, if they like to escape with me. And all three of them, they say, yes, yes, I will. So, uh, because I need, I need some support. Um, I become frail again by that time because four years of partial working and uh, sick and all that. So my friend uh, accommodated me. We, we uh, escaped together from wow. the jungle. Yeah, from the jungle. Where did you guys go when you escaped? We just, we tried to track, uh, uh, trace back where we came from. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know clearly because at the middle of the night, the jungle is quite dark. There's right. no light. 
there's no light anywhere. But we just want to make sure that the God did not detect, did not see us running away. Right. And we were very careful. And and then uh, we made it. We made it out. Wow. So it's amazing. I, I think God was helping us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you ever find yeah. your family? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Uh, after a long, long walk. Wow. A few, week, a few weeks of walking barefoot, I finally found my family. Wow. It's, it, it's a long story, but to make it short for our conversation, yeah, I found my family, and I found out that the whole country had been liberated about four months before I escaped. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I want, yeah. is, is that why they kept moving further into the jungle? Yes, yes. Yeah, they send that something is going on. So they, they want to, to keep us in captivity. Right. So, so they keep pushing us. And, and my family was, uh, was safe. Thank goodness. But yeah. at one point, uh, they are almost get wiped out in one gunshot. Wow. But, but, but God was, was was so merciful. Um, they were spare. Yeah, I I can't imagine if I lost my whole family. Right. Um, but uh, when by the time I found them, they are all all safe, and they thought that I was dead because they never heard from me. Wow. How could I? How could they they hear from me? Right. Because we have no way to connect. Uh, and my dad was uh, going around with his bicycle and looking for me and wow. asking people. He asked people, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter? And nobody ever saw me. Wow. Huh. That's really scary. So after you escaped and you were back with your family, what was your next steps? What did you do? My next step? Well, I stayed with my family for about a year. And we rebuild our life, you know, try to make a living because uh, nobody feed us anymore. Right. Um, then we had to do something to to earn a living. So um, I start to build a small business. But after a year, we realized that the country is still very, very uh, chaotic. Right. And, and doesn't seem to have any future. And it's dangerous. So my mom encouraged me to, uh, to escape. Wow. So, yes. So again, I didn't want to leave because, you know, I found my family. I love them and I don't want to go anywhere else. But, but my mom convinced me that, you know, somebody had to get out. Right. And, uh, Eventually, I might be able to come back and help the whole family. Wow. Where did you end up going? Um, I went to the Thai border. Uh, Cambodia is next door to Thailand. Okay. And yeah, one side is Thailand and uh, on the south side is Vietnam. Okay. So my my hometown is not too, too far from from Thailand. 
So um, I went to the Thai border and uh, tried to cross the border. That's another dangerous uh, escape. I believe it. There's a lot of landmines, landmines along the border. There are a lot, lot of people get killed because they step on the landmine. Wow. But, but you know, um, when I think, I think back about why, why I stay behind four months, it's because I think God saved my life right mm. now. Because if I get out early, I might try to escape early right. out of the country. I might step on that landmine wow. like, every, like everybody else. Right. So by the time I, I escape and I found my family and I make plan to cross the border, most of the landmine already explode. Wow. Thousands of people got killed from it. Wow. So um, it just to um, I'm just thought about that and I realized that God saved my life again. So. Wow. So how do you use your story to inspire others? You know, I have it here that you're a motivational spe- or inspirational speaker and you also have a, a book called How I Survived the Killing Fields. And so I'm just interested to hear like how you how you use your story to inspire others. Yeah, um, just one more step so that people know where I end up. So after I uh, crossed the border, I found a refugee camp and I found, um, I made connection with my relative in the United States and he sponsored me to come to the United States. Wow. So after 35 years living in the United States, I, um, I did very well. I learned English and I I went to college, I graduated from college in Connecticut and got my degree and all that. So um, I am grateful. But 35 years later, there was was an idea that I need to write my story Hmm. because um, I realized that my story can help a lot of people. Right. And, And to answer your question, how do I use my story to uh, to help people? Um, my point is this: I struggled through this ordeal, through through this event. There are a lot of people die. Two right. million, two million die in in the small country that have only seven. Wow. Seven million. So, with this mass destruction. Right. I was able to survive. Wow. And and I want to share why. Why did I survive? What I was thinking, why didn't I give up when I got so sick that I almost died. I almost could not breathe. I wow. almost could not I almost could not see tomorrow. But my dream is just let me get 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 to tomorrow. Just right. help me to get there tomorrow. So um, I I was at that point, but my mindset I was strong. I was strong, and I had faith that you know I will be all right. right. Things will change. Things will change. I will 
I will be able to go and help out my family. So my my heart is filled with love of my family, and my mind is filled with trust and hope and faith mm. and believe believe that something is going to change. Yeah. So that's my vision. So when we are going through hard times, we need to have that vision. It's just like when we are in the dark, in the hole, so dark, we need to see a glimpse of light. Yeah. So we can move, we can, we can move us closer to that light. So that's what I want to share with people that, you know, sometimes it, it looks like hopeless. But we don't have to give up hope. Yeah. We have to, we have to find something meaningful to hold on to that, that's your hope. It's yeah. like a raft, like, like when you fall into the water, you have to find something to float on. That's amazing. I think your story is so inspirational. I can't imagine going through such an ordeal. And I think what's key about what you said is just thinking about tomorrow. I think that oftentimes when I really struggle to overcome an obstacle is because I'm thinking too far ahead. And I'm just like, this is so much bigger than me. How am I going to defeat it? And I think that it's key what you said, you know, just get to tomorrow and get to tomorrow and get to tomorrow until eventually those days add up. And I definitely believe, like you said, that God was definitely with you the entire time. It's just amazing his timing, the way that, you know, you were able to escape when you did and in a way that prevented you from going through something worse because so many yeah. had gone before you even. Right. I love that. Yeah. So also... When I speak, sometimes I have an opportunity to share a little more. Mm-hmm. That while while I was in captivity, we were all starved because the food that they give us is not enough. Wow! Because we we were too hard to receive that little food. Right. So it's the combination of lack of food and exhaustion from working too much. And not enough time to sleep, no rest, like seven days a week working in intense heat. So all those combinations make us extremely frail, extremely sick. And um, with all that sickness and weakness and starvation, we still want to, we still want to live. Yeah. We still, we still did not give up. So... I just want to share with people that take their own life, that thinking, thinking about taking their own life. That's the reason I want to write my book. Because I I come across some of my friends who lost their teenage children to suicide. Yeah. And 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 I want to, to point that out. Look, life can be worse than this can be worse. So if they just know about how other people's lives are so much worse than them, so this way they may not think about taking their own life. Yeah, and I think even the aspect of recognizing that where you are now is not necessarily where you'll end up. 
And you shouldn't give up in the middle of the battle. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Because um, we need to have like a, a positive and optimistic perspective. Right? Yeah. That's, that's one of the uh, topics that I'd love to talk about. How do we develop a positive mindset or develop a, an optimistic perspective? Right. It's, everything is based on perspective. If you look, if you look at some some situation from a different angle, you will see a different perspective. Right, right. I think it's recognizing that the way that we view things isn't necessarily exactly what it is. There's always another angle. That's something that I love about God is the fact that he constantly says in scripture, you know, my way is not your way. Like what I don't rely on your own understanding, you know, like he's yeah. always going to provide a way out. Like all of these things are God things that God says. And I think we just get so wrapped up in our own self and our own things that we just forget. And we think that, nope, this is the way it is. This is what it's always going to be. And we just get discouraged. And I think that you're right. Like looking at God for that hope is the only yeah. way you're going to be able to overcome anything. Yes, yes. We have to put our trust in God because if we we don't have enough capacity to handle the situation, why do we keep pushing ourselves beyond our capability? Right. Give that burden to God because right. if we trust in Him, He will He will come through. Wow, your story is amazing. I thank you so much for just sharing what you did and for just being so open and vulnerable about what you experienced. Um, if there's anyone that wants to follow you or keep in touch with you, where can they find you on either the internet or social media? Yeah, I, um, they can find me on my website, sarahim.com. Just uh, my first name and last name, S-A-R-A-I-M.com. Um, they can find my book in that website also. Um, and they can learn a little bit more about my speaking engagement. There's a few topics that are most popular, but I can um, I can design my speak my presentation according to the need of the group. Awesome. So um, yeah, if if you have an event coming up like a seminar or conference that you need more than one speakers, I can help. I can be one of those speaker that you need. Uh, right now, a lot of people are living in fear in this uncertain time. Yes. It, it's the right time for them to hear an inspirational story. I agree. To hear something that gives them hope. So um, it's not a false hope. It's the solid hope that comes from a real experience. Right. Thank you so much again, Sarah, for being on the show. I really appreciate everything that you shared. And I really do believe that your story is going to inspire so many, especially with everything going on with all the different wars and just everything that's happening right now. I think people need that inspiration and that hope. So I thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, Noi, for having me. I appreciate you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Discovering Me. I hope that you are inspired and spurred on toward a deeper connection with God. If you're looking for a church in the Southern Connecticut area, search Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. And don't forget to tune in in two weeks for a new episode of Discovering Me. And always remember to faithfully pursue a life of passion.